This is the Hardline Sports Talk with Michael Merlo and John Michael Masiri on the SND Podcast Channel. That is right. This is the Hardline Sports Talk, and it's episode 68. I'm Michael Merlo. I'm joined by John Michael Masiri. JM, how are you doing on this very fine evening? Merd, couldn't be better, man. Last day of June. Um, I'm just I'm distracted by the collar. You know, I'm just so not used to it. You got the college shirt on. You could, if you want to tell the people why you're wearing the college shirt. Yeah, you know, I was at a wake. It's fine. But it looks good. I was like, yeah, I was going to change. Swear. But I'm like, you know, I That's, look good. I sw- I'm not, ins- I'm seeing very insensitive to the audience. No, you're just surprised. I'm never... in the context. This was, it, it wasn't an immediate family member, right? No, it was not. All right. So I didn't know I was going until an hour before. Right. All right. So it was one of those. You yeah. Just, you casual. You, you know, you know, you don't, you don't flex on the funeral, but you got to look a little good. Right. And I, I don't look that great, but I, I look better than I usually do. So right. I, I kept everything on and you're surprised because I don't really wear collared shirts or things just, like that. And that's where we're at. You look very professional. Thank you. I, I feel good. I mean, the All pants right. are a little tight and it's hot in here so that's fine though i thought we were yeah. wearing all black for the uh the brooklyn nets funeral today well oh yeah well you got the black on too and, and we're gonna we're gonna start there that's a great segue and um yeah the brooklyn nets funeral that sounds about right as you know it looked like the future of the brooklyn nets was you know gonna be a little higher than we thought kyrie irving opts into the contract with the Brooklyn Nets, that was Monday or Tuesday. And now Thursday afternoon, June 30th, three years later, he requests a trade and he goes directly to the owner, Joseph Sy. Okay. I'm seeing mixed reports everywhere though. What I, the last thing I saw was Bleacher Report tweeted something saying that Kyrie and KD want to play together, but not in Brooklyn. Right. They so do still want to try and play together. Right. I don't know if they're if that's 100% true. I don't know if that means they just want to, but Kyrie won't force a trade. Like, I don't know what that means. I would imagine the Nets are probably going to look to trade Kyrie if you're trading KD, just because at this point you might as well tear it down. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine they put out a championship-type roster. I mean, it depends on the haul they get back for KD, and first you got to find a spot for him, but – most likely losing the best player in basketball, basically, their their championship hopes are over. You're losing the best player in basketball, and if you go through it, I think you're tra- this is the greatest player to ever be traded in the NBA. At right. least one of them, maybe, the soft- definitely in the last 20 years. But the softest player to ever be traded. I'm sorry, I'm off the KD train. I, I was a big KD guy. You were a big so, KD guy. I did, did, he, He's the worst. I mean – he jumps ship. First of all, I think the whole Brooklyn thing, it looks terrible for his, his legacy. I think is it was a failure. They should have beat the Bucs uh, when they had the chance, when the Bucs won the championship in 2020, the 2020 to 2021 season. Yeah. Um, they should have won that series. You know, you had the – obviously not everything was in his control with Kyrie going rogue and, you know, the Harden thing not working out or whatever, but – I mean, how does this look on his resume when you look at his championships? He's got two of them, and they're both with the uh, uh, an already NBA champion and seventy three and nine Warriors team. 
And the funniest thing is it would have easily been the most impressive thing he would have ever done in his career if he did win that series you were just talking about, beat the Bucks, and then go on to win the championship. It, you know, it all would have, you know, made sense. It all would have been perfect. But no, like you said, Harden was hurt. He was playing on one leg. Kyrie was not playing. He was hurt. And Durant was banged up during that year a little bit too. And either way, you know, you you hit it right on the head. It's soft. It was a complete failure. And it's really amazing. Three years to the day, he only played two seasons. And again, missed time in both of the seasons he played in. But it's like, I got a question for you. Yeah. KD, let's say he gets traded to the, to the Heat, right? Yeah. And they go out and they win the championship next year. Yeah. Are yeah. people going to be saying, oh, KD finally did it. He won a championship. He took a team to a championship. Because in my eyes, like, no. They, they went to the championship two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was. They took the Celtics to seven games in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, he's not going to some fringe playoff team and then bringing them to the NBA Finals. Like, this is already an established elite team in the NBA. Yeah, right. It depends on where he goes. And by the way, the Nets have full control of where both of them go. I mean, I don't think Durant has a trade clause. Um, um, I don't think Kyrie does. So they have full control. But you're right. If he goes to Miami, if he goes to Boston, if he goes to Phoenix, that's the other team rumored, um, that's not bringing them to a champion. It's not winning them a championship. They were a championship caliber team already. You know where he should go? And I don't know, you know, if this team has the capital to put a trade together or whatever, but just in hypothetical terms, I think he should go to Portland. I keep saying that. I really, I think it, it's perfect. You have Damian Lillard who everybody makes fun of because he always wants to do it the gritty way or whatever, the old fashioned way. And the guy never makes it far at all in the playoffs. I mean, the closest he's gotten to is a Western conference finals that he didn't really have a chance in. Um, so why don't you go team up with Dame and see what you guys could do together? Maybe you could both erase your annoying narratives. I mean, I know the players don't really care. I mean, some guys do more than others. I think KD acts like he doesn't care, but I think he actually really cares. Oh, he is so thin-skinned. I mean, and he sees he... everything. He exactly. sees everything written about him, said about him. How, how can you say that players don't hate those narratives or listen to those narratives when you have Draymond Green and Clay and all these guys on the Warriors coming out after they win the finals and calling people out and retweeting old tweets and stuff like these guys hear things they don't just it's not just in one ear out the other like they keep track you know basketball is so weird because you get so close to you could get so close to these players right you sit courtside you sit at an nba game you're so close to them you could feel them and it almost feels like whatever these people say within the media it is so much louder it really in any other sport you know, baseball, football, you don't really see it as much as players so to care so much about what others say. I don't know if that's just the way they're, the makeup of the players are. They're just softer. But it is funny that it's like, it's like a perfect correlation. You can get so close to the players, and the players hear absolutely everything, and they do care. They all – most of them care. And Kevin Durant is one of them. He's the, the softest player. He's so, one of the – Thin, most thin-skinned players I've seen in a very long time. You got to stop saying soft. You said, Why? What's the I problem? I, just, I have an immature brain. Um, so, you, you, KD on one hand, yes. Now with Kyrie. First of all, I'm confused 
I, I imagine Kyrie wasn't just completely blindsided by this. Like, I don't know what him and KD's relationship is like. I'm sure it's been had its ups and downs, but I would imagine he knew that KD wanted it. So this is what I this is what I think. Stop him. Go ahead. And I I'm not gonna lie to you. It's June 30th. When people listen to this, it'll be July. I believe that there is still a chance they play for the Nets. I think that this is all because the Nets played so hard, were so hard on Kyrie and how they did not want to give him a long-term contract. And they, and rightfully so, right? Me and you would say, oh, I would never give this guy a long-term contract. He's not trustworthy. But Kevin didn't. He, there was a report out there. He had not spoken to the Nets at all. When Kyrie opted in all week, hasn't spoken to the Nets. He's sticking up for his guy here, and he was just watching from afar. Let's see how they handle this. And they didn't handle it well in Kevin's mind. And when you do have to put up with these star players, and it's such a player-driven league, he probably the Nets probably should have said, you know what, we got to keep this guy happy. Keeping him happy means Kyrie Irving. Why not? So you think that KD is going to want to stay now because they kept Kyrie? I think, no, I think that if they can rewrite their wrongs and say, you know what, Kyrie, if this is what it's about, if it is about the fact that they didn't give Kyrie Irving a long-term contract, they say, you know what, Kyrie, we're sorry. They go back, they rewrite their wrongs. They give him a long-term contract. I think there's a chance that they can. So they extend him on his current contract. Right. Because he had to opt in. No matter what, Kyrie had to opt into that contract because he would have lost a ton of money if he didn't. I don't know. He would have been like a mid-level exception to sign with another team. Is KD, so he was going to lose $30 million. Is KD that that deep, though? Like, does it, would he really stay because, oh, you know, like, you guys did Kyrie wrong. The only way I'll stay is if you make it right. Or I just think KD is tired of the whole situation and is, just wants out. I mean, I think he's realizing that, maybe this isn't the best place where he has the potential to win. And he's just kind of tired of the narratives and all the storylines around the nets. And he just wants out at this point. If they really want to, I don't, it doesn't seem like Steve Nash is a very respected person in the basketball world, but it doesn't seem like he's this greatly respected coach. He sucks. I mean, he's holding his own practices for God's sake. Yeah, Steve Nash is not a good coach, and and, and whatever happens in this situation, I felt like this after watching the playoffs, he should have been fired. But if they leave, he should be fired. There's no reason for him to be here. But um, I forgot what I was going to say. I don't know. I think if this is what I want to say. If they're going to want to play together, I think their best chance is going to be here because the Nets are not going to accommodate the both of them if they do go along and trade them. They're not going to trade them together. They're not going to trade them to the same team. So. Do me a favor. Let's stop thinking rationally and let's do what all sports fans do. And let's just get hypothetical and fun. here. All right. Okay? So let's say they okay. do trade the both of them, which I don't think that's like impossible. I, I think it's very unlikely that they're in the same trade together, but okay. let's say they are. I saw a potential trade package on Twitter today. You know, like okay. that, like ESPN thing. That's like you put it in and it, it, it has an, a, a formula for like, salary caps and player the, value the trade it'll machine you, right it'll tell you if it's a fair trade or not so yeah i don't remember exactly i could try to find it but basically the trade was the nuggets get kd and kyrie mm-hmm. and the nets get back 
Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, uh, like two role players and like a 2024 fourth uh, first round pick and a 2026 first round pick and like maybe one other asset. Okay. Wouldn't first of all, if I'm a Nets fan, I love that trade. I hate it, but okay. Jamal Murray and Michael Porter are two great players in the league. I mean, they're not MVP candidates, but especially Porter is looks like he's going to be fantastic. He already is a great player, but it looks like he'll probably get even better. But how sick would that be if the Nuggets – I think that might be the greatest big three we've ever seen if that were to, in some magical world, happen. Jokic, KD, and Kyrie? It could be. I think it could be. I don't think that's possible. I don't think the Nets would ever accept a trade like that. But, yeah, they're also going to want to get all their picks back that they traded for Harden. See, I was going to say, though, you look at the way the NBA has gone over history. Yeah. You really really think that KD – I mean, uh, not KD. They're going to want picks instead of proven young talent? They're going to want both, especially if they're trading both of them. So in both trades, they will get young talent, stars, young stars, in my opinion, like Tyrese Maxis of the world, Tyler Heroes, Bam Adebayo's of the world that they can build around and, you know, sell to their fans. That's what they're going to that, that's what they're going to have to do. And they're going to want to get those picks back. They need to get those picks back. Right. Yeah. And, okay. I, I mean, if it's a little mixture, sure. But do you know. I think if the Nets trade them and they get just a haul of picks back and nothing really – like some role players, but nothing really uh, that stand that stands out in terms of talent in the league right now, no way. No, they should, they should not do that. They need to get a legit proven guy, young guy back, 100%. And now there's this report out there that Kyrie Irving's forcing himself to the Lakers. Why? Which well, – I- um, what goes on in these these guys' brains? He he literally left Cleveland, forced himself out of Cleveland because he wanted to win without LeBron. He hasn't won without LeBron, so now he's basically just saying like, "Never mind, I actually want to win with LeBron. I can't win." And AD, and AD, and that's one thing about know. KD that he's so soft, and that's why I'm getting pissed off at KD in general. And I'm not even a Nets fan. Mm-hmm. A true. We want to say KD's a top 10 player in NBA history. Which I, I think, think higher, but yeah. I think when you just look at talent, raw skill, I think like no doubt he's on that list. Yep. But when you want to combine everything like legacy, you know, uh, demeanor, whatever, every, everything that ties into that, you want to be called a top 10 player and you can't win for something that you created. You have to jump on everybody's ship. You can't say, why don't, yo, come play with me. Why don't these guys come play with me? Come win with me, not – Oh, I'm gonna go win with Steph. I'm gonna go try to win with Kyrie. I'm gonna go try to win with LeBron or whatever the hell his next uh, team he's gonna go to. Top ten it, NBA players of all time don't go chasing after other superstars to try to win with them. They win in their own spot. It's so difficult because, like you said, talent-wise, he's a freak of nature. He's so so good. So I understand what you're saying. Legacy-wise, winning-wise, championship-wise, yeah, 100%. This all hurts his legacy big time. But 
I still look at what I see every day that he's on the court and he's well, easily the best player course, on the court. When you were at the end of his career, even right now, you really look at those two, even though he won the MVP in the finals, everything like that. You look at those two rings he had with the Warriors and say, those are like legit rings. Like obviously the legit rings, they're not like Mickey mouse rings, but like, I don't look at that as a KD ring. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's just a cheapened value of a ring. See, and I thought I was going to feel this way when he did go there and win. I don't because he was the best player on the court. Yeah, he but when you have elevated. another top 10 player of all time, MVP and Steph Curry on the court, and Clay Thompson's going to be in the Hall of Fame, it's makes your life a little easier, no? No, and I, and, and I had this same exact discussion a couple of days ago. Would you – how do you credit it? Do you credit Clay and Draymond and Steph – they're so talented. They're so great. They were able to just, you know, selfish, selfishlessness. I think that's the word I'm looking for. Selflessness. They were so great. They're such great teammates. They were able to just incorporate Kevin Durant into this and it, you know, worked perfectly or was Kevin Durant so great that he was able to come in here and work so perfectly. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I, think, the I think it's more already KD. Had an, I think the Warriors already had an established system that KD better have, you know, known how to play in. So I guess it's it's both. You know, I think credits to Kate, credit to Kate. But is it really that much on the system when you just bring in a guy who's had that much talent and pair him with other guys who have that much talent? Odds are you're going to be pretty freaking good. Here are his numbers in Golden State. He averaged 25.8 points, seven rebounds, and five assists. That's his lowest point total, lower than when he was with OKC, lower in Brooklyn. Yeah. And he, he was, I mean, he was fantastic last season. He was great the year before. One of his best seasons, really. Um, yeah, short amount of games, but he was so, so good last year. Averaged 30 points. And there's no doubt he's a great player. Obviously. He's unbelievable. But I just feel like the way he's gone about his legacy, like LeBron saved his legacy. When he went to Miami, a lot of people, you know, were giving him problems for that, um, for just going and join the big three. And then he said, you know what? I'm going to go back to Cleveland in this mess and fix it. And he did. He won, you know, he beat the greatest regular season basketball team of all time, won a dynasty, the Warriors. Um, KD, though, it's – I don't see the way he – I know, like I said, I know he probably doesn't care, but how does he fix his legacy and make and it by the a way, legit one? By the way, when LeBron played those teams, even when he played KD in that first series after the Cavs had won, LeBron proved every series that he was the best player on the floor. Oh, yeah. But I, uh, I, I will say, I think when Kate, when it's all said and done, I think KD might, people might cut him more slack as the years go on, like removed from his retirement. I think that's just let, what naturally happens. It's what naturally happens, but let's say he does go to Miami. And I, again, like you said, I agree with you that it wouldn't be his venture. It wouldn't be him. But if he does go there and he wins, let's just say they win two championships and now he's got four and he wins an MVP in there. You're st- you're looking at a guy that's really really high on the list, and I know Steph. And listen, I know Steph won before Kevin Durant got there, and he won after Kevin Durant got there. But I would probably put Steph slightly, uh, KD slightly ahead of Steph. 
And I'm a huge Steph Curry fan. I think I think Curry's better than Magic. Before he won this championship, I think Curry's ahead, Curry's ahead of Magic. But I, I that's how highly I think of Kevin Durant. Although it's, again, it's this tough. hurts. This hurts a ton. And if he stays and he wins with Brooklyn, it's the first time the AirPod fell out in like a month. Yeah, you had a really. Um, Kevin, if Kevin Durant stays with Brooklyn and, and finds a way to win this championship, very impressive. Very, very impressive. But I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I think there's a. I, I think there's a real chance that he stays. You know, you. I think it's as good as gone. Honestly, I think we'll it's gone. We'll see. I, just, I have a weird feeling. Weird feeling. It's all way too weird. It's all coming out at the. It's it's interesting. Yeah, I will believe he is, and I listen. I'm not a Nets fan. I'll believe he's gone when I see it. Right. Wait, did you just say you're not a Nets fan? No, I'm not. Oh, you are the worst ever. You're actually horrible. The the Nets go on a five game winning streak, and you're a Nets fan. You you want to go to the game? You're buying a jersey. No, I've no. announced. I've announced that I'm no longer a Nets fan. I hated oh, Barclays Center. I, I didn't see it in the papers. Yeah. No, I'm no. I I'm thinking of joining the Heat. You, I can't stand you. Do you listen to yourself? Like, do you ever just pause, reflect, and listen to the BS that comes out of your mouth? And you're like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't say stupid things like this. Yeah, sometimes. You know what? You know what? Those people, some people, their names Knicks fans, and they should think about the stupid things that come out of their mouth. That is when they say, "I am a Knicks fan." That's what we're going to talk about next. Uh, the New York Knicks have signed Jalen Brunson to a four-year, $104 million contract. And it got sketchy there for a second because uh, it was reported at like 4 or 5 o'clock before a free agency officially opened that he was signing with – he intended to sign with the Knicks four years, $110 million. And then an hour later, Woj tweets, says – Brunson's got a meeting with the Knicks in an hour, but he just received an offer from the Mavs for five years, $106 million. But no, the Knicks after the meeting, get him to sign four years, 104, and the Knicks finally have their point guard of the future. We hope. I mean, it's, I don't, I'm not going to rag on it and say it's a terrible signing because I don't, I think Jalen Brunson can play. I mean, he's been getting better every year, but it's just like a eh, move. And I, I don't know mm-hmm. if it makes a lot of sense right now because I think the Knicks have a lot of question marks and I think there are other ways for them to improve this roster without, you know, spending so much money. And I don't, I don't know if this is the right move necessarily. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, de- definitely doesn't upgrade their defense. I mean, the Knicks, I, I don't think that's the problem with their team. Obviously, they're a better defensive team than an offensive team, but – uh, Brunson, not a great defender. We'll see how he does in Thibodeau's system. Hopefully he doesn't beat him to the ground and try to turn him into a defensive guru. And then all of a sudden <laughs> the guy can't score, which I could definitely. Happening. <laughs> um, as long as Phil Jackson doesn't come back and they try to throw the triangle back in there, but um, that would be smart. It's, it's just, it's, it's very Knicks ish. It's just, it's a, it's a Knicks move. That's, I don't know. It's, it doesn't feel like a, a move that we're going to reflect back on four years from now and say that was a turning point for the Knicks. It doesn't feel like a move that puts you over the edge. It doesn't feel like a move 
that has a ton of upside. It doesn't feel like the right time. Jalen Bronson, you know, local kid from New Brunswick, New Brunswick, New Jersey, uh, went to Villanova. He's going to be 26 when the season starts. Yeah, I mean, you're right. He's gotten better every year of his career. He has played with a superstar right next to a superstar and got better. Listen, he was great in the postseason with Luca, but he played with one of the five best players in the league. So you got to think that had something to do with it. He's going to come onto a team now where he's going to be the number one floor general, the guy that has the ball in his hands most of the time, him and RJ Barrett. And I just don't, I like, I agree with you. It's such an, eh, like, all right, kind of just sinks you into mediocrity. It just, it just feels like a move that they just made a move to make a move kind of a thing. And like, and it and, feels and, like it's the only thing happening, right? Cause right. if they say, you know, we're, we're building with this young core and we're signing Brunson and we're getting somebody else like, Oh, okay. We have a point guard. Then we have Barrett. And then you have another legit player. I get that. Cause you want your point guard and you want a young guy that makes sense. But just Brunson kind of doesn't make sense. It doesn't make them much better. I don't think, I think it'll, you know, maybe they'll win a couple more games, but they're not returning back unless Randall, you know, has last year was, an anomaly and he re- he really is the guy we saw in 2020 which i think is very unlikely but um that's the only way i could really see this team making a big jump next year i mean what other ways do they have to improve uh, you know obviously rj takes a nice step next year which we're expecting you know he had a good year this year but really takes that next step uh next year but besides that i mean there's not a lot of room for improvement I don't think. no i don't know how much Better Tip- again. Brunson's going to be able to get Thibodeau's. This is his last year. It has to be. If if they don't make the playoffs, if they don't show you something, it's got to be his last year. And I think it's Leon Rose's last year. If they don't perform well next year, I mean, you never know what the Knicks and you know, they're not exactly the most competent organization in sports. Um, but you'd imagine that it's both of their last years. If the Knicks come out next year and and miss the play in, I mean, come on. And you know what sucks. Like Leon Rose just doesn't talk to the media. He's like hidden. He doesn't give you reasons why he does something. It's just, he is not, I don't know. I don't think he's fit for this job. I don't think he can run a team in New York. I think he's doing people favors at this point. I mean, there's a weird connection to Brunson too. I think there's a really weird, there's some kind of weird connection with Brunson. His dad is either, I think his dad's being signed to be his, the assistant coach. Oh, yeah. Something with the agent and, and Leon Rose knowing each other. I, something's fishy about that's that. Why, I feel like when they always say, like, you know, the thing with World Wide West and, like, you know, you, you get these executives that have these connections to agents. I mean, we saw it with freaking Brody Van Wagen and, you know, like, I don't know if I want a GM who has connections to people. Yeah. Because I feel like connections create biases or create favors or whatever. And I, I want my GM, I want, I don't want him to know anybody. I want him to know hey, look. The, I want him to know all the GMs around the league, and that's it. I don't want him to know anybody else. The first move Rody Van met, Van Wagon and made was trading for his client Robinson Cano. Yeah. <laughs> um, not a boy. But- yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of this. You know what else? I'm not a huge fan of what? Bradley Beal going back to the Wizards on a super max for five years. Yeah. Sure, get your money. You know, I'm not going to tell somebody to take money out of their own pocket, 
but unless they're buying me dinner, but they, um, why, why stay in a pit of mediocrity like that? Yeah. Again, you're going to make your money, but what's the fun in that? What, what's the, he, just some guys don't care. Some guys really don't care. Just I want mean, their money. They want to play and they want to get out. Five years, $250 million does sound pretty nice, but I, I know from a where do you want to win and where do you want to play standpoint, I get it. It's the Wizards. I think the Washington Wizards are the definition of like a poverty basketball team. They're right. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. And it's it's weird because it seemed like Beal was like miserable there like two years ago. And he was, you know, he's obviously a very good player and you would want him to go out and join a team like the Lakers or who or whoever else could use him. Even the Mavericks, I saw. But uh yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see why he would want to stay. Besides, two hundred fifty-one million dollars. That's that's it. That's, that's it. literally the only that's reason. It. And maybe a comfort thing. You know, you don't know, guys don't like change. And I mean, look at Freddie Freeman right now. But oh, I can't um, wait to get to that. It's the Washington Wizards. Yeah. I mean, if I came up to you and said you could play for either the Washington Wizards, the Dallas Mavericks, or the Los Angeles Lakers, and gave you what's going on with their situation, the teams. Or you could even just take away the teams in general. Just think about like the city and the and the spotlight and everything. Like the Lakers are obviously a way bigger team than the Wizards. Um, but then I say, well, you go to the Wizards, you get an extra fifty million dollars. You're gonna go. What's an extra fifth? Do you? What's an extra fifty to him? Right, fifty million dollars is fifty million dollars. I know. But we're not talking a couple hundred thousand. I know. State tax, though. No state tax in Dallas. State tax in D.C. Uh, income tax, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, what do you think about the whole Supermax thing, though? You like it? Because yeah, it does encourage I, guys to stay. Yes. I mean, this I is think a, that's a good thing. example of it working. I mean, yes and no. Like, I think it's great that Jokic is able to get a contract like that and stay in Denver. I think it's great that, um, you know, it incentivizes a guy like Giannis to not leave and go to the Golden State or whatever. So, yeah, yeah I, I think I think it's fine. I think it works. If you really want out and you want to go compete for a winner, and there are some cases where that's great, then you leave and you leave that money on the table. I would I would say one thing that's just bothering me in general and I don't want to be like the get off my lawn guy. But one thing that I don't like where sports is heading is in the NBA and the NFL. Now, all, all the time, every season, you're just seeing more and more guys be unhappy and just be like trade. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope it doesn't get to baseball because it, it doesn't happen too often in baseball. It happens very rarely for guys to, you know, besides like you know, your Miguel and Duhars and whatever, but you're, you don't see superstars. Mike Trout right now saying, you know, we suck, trade me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in the NFL, how many quarterbacks have we seen get traded over the past two years? We saw Deshaun Watson, Matt Stafford, and Russell Wilson get traded, and not even to count Carson Wentz twice, Matt Ryan, you know, the, these guys getting just sent around. Awesome. I, I don't, I don't like the way that's going. I, I just the think player movement. I think I think when you sign a contract, you have an obligation, and you have a commitment. And I, I just feel like nobody really gives a crap about the commitment anymore. 
yeah, and it's and there are certain situations where you should be able to, you know, request a trade. Where it's you know, if you're like, all right, that's fair. It makes sense. I, I would request a trade too. But it's almost like a boy who cried wolf. You know, all these guys requesting trades. If 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 unless something like immoral is going on, like you're playing for the, the Commanders, Dan Snyder's your owner, and there's some really just messed up things going on in the workplace or whatever. Obviously, I think that's when you have a right to be like, all right, just trade me. Yeah, but because things get a little uncomfortable with the team or the media is, is, you know, ragging on you guys or whatever. And the locker room maybe isn't getting along that well, then you just like trade. It's not good. It's a spoiled thing. It's just stupid. I don't like it. James Harden, speaking of spoiled and disgusting, James Harden is going to meet with, the 76ers over the weekend to negotiate his new deal. So he actually declined a player option for like $47 million and he's going to, you know, rework it so that it's, you know, a little more team friendly and it's not going to be a long-term deal either. So that's actually a good thing. And they were able to sign PJ Tucker too to a uh, three-year 30 something million dollar contract. Why do they want to bring him back? Hard. They, you know, listen, you got his boy there. You know, you know, Daryl Morey is going to bring him back. I wouldn't. I really wouldn't. Well, he's, I don't even, the, he's heading down. I don't think they have a choice. He's, I think James Harden, first of all, I, th- I don't know if he's cursed or he's just the, isn't, doesn't have the drive to be a champion, but I, I don't think that guy's going to. He just, he, he has loser written all over. He's not a winner. Afrene Simmons, Afrene Simmons, Anthony. You're doing so good with names today. I know he averaged 17 points a game last year, and he just got 100 million dollars. Mm. You know, Miles Bridges was about to get a big contract, and then he like assaulted as a woman or something. Not good. Not no. not good for the program. No, definitely not good for the program. All right, that's a lot of NBA. I think that is. That's a ton of NBA. It's hot in the streets right now. It's big time. And uh, this KD news, obviously, you know, whatever happens, you know, I'm sure. I I think we'll have a a resolution by the next time we record. Ooh. Yeah. So you you think either it's clarified that they don't want to trade him anymore or he's on a different team in a week? Like, Brooklyn could just say, I'm not trading you. I wish they would. That sucks, Kevin. Right. We ain't trading you. Right. But of course, they're soft and thin skinned. Sorry, I said it again. And they're not going to. That's, That's the way it goes. All right. That's enough NBA. When we come back. We got a lot of baseball to do, including what you brought up before that Freddie Freeman story. So interesting when we come back. The SD Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. We are back, episode 68 of the Hardline Sports Talk. I'm Michael Merlo. I've got John Michael Masiri with me, and we are ready to start a great discussion about baseball, about America's greatest game. And what? we are going to start off. Us. What? What? That? Nailed it. Great entry. I, I rarely don't. If if um, I had never watched a baseball game in my life before, you just convinced me. The great America's greatest game. That, mm-hmm. That's what got you? 
I mean, my God, on the, especially on the, the holiday weekend, Fourth of July yeah. coming up, time in America. Mer, it's, By it's the way, a quarter, it's a quarter to eleven. You're on your game right now. Thank you. Oh, by the way, Yankees aren't playing on Fourth of July. I don't know what that's all about. Yeah. What's, what's what's that about? Uh, who do we gotta who do we gotta beat up for right. that? We got a uh, barbecue at uh, Judge's apartment. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, oh, you're invited. Yeah. All right, let's um let's talk about this Freddie Freeman stuff because over the past weekend he was back in Atlanta. The Dodgers took on the Braves. The Dodgers ended up taking two out of three from the Braves, although it was very sketchy in the way they did it. Um, either way, they did win the series. And, you know, Freddie Freeman obviously was going to be emotional heading back to the place where he spent 15 years of his career and a place that a lot of people thought that he would just resign back to, you know, during free agency and obviously ends up with the Dodgers. And you could tell a little bit that this guy was a little too upset when he was back in Atlanta. And there's a reason why. Yeah, you're right. Something was... Like, it's cool for guys to come back and, and be emotional and whatever. Like, Pujols the first time he came back to St. Louis and stuff like that. But something was like, all right, this is a little weird now. He seems, like, very upset. And I, I'm sure his teammates were even like, you know, like, ready. You know, you're all right, man. What the hell's going on? Um, and they were. Kershaw said something. Right. And it, you, those that picture of him in the dugout is crazy. If all you haven't the, seen it, you got to go look at it. All the Dodgers are up on the top step, and Freddie Freeman is, like, lounging back on the bench, like, with a blank stare and, like, a sad look on his face. He was about to hysterically cry. So, I, mean, I got the maybe, tweet right here. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So, this is according to Doug Gottlieb, who isn't the most reliable source, but – it hasn't really it's been disputed now by the the agent of Freddie Freeman, but it doesn't make sense as to why Freeman would just fire him the way they did. So this is what Doug Gottlieb said. This was uh, yesterday on on Wednesday. So Casey Close, the agent of Freddie Freeman, former agent of Freddie Freeman, never told Freddie about the Braves final offer. That is why Freeman fired him. He found out in Atlanta this weekend it was it isn't that rare for that to happen in baseball, but it happened. And people close to Freddie Freeman said he would have taken the deal from Atlanta. It was a little bit off of what they were asking for, but they believe he would have just taken it to stay. Now the agent has responded and he's a big time agent. This guy, I mean, he, you know, he represents Kershaw. He represented Jeter for a very long time. So this guy isn't just some small time agent. And he, you know, basically said, I'm taking legal action. This is not true. la di la di la But Freddie fired, like, just compl- fired him. Like, right. no, no, dis- no discussion. Fired him. It's just very strange that there was good faith negotiations between Freddie and the Braves, and then he just figured they didn't have another offer, and the, the Braves were staying at one number, the Dodgers were staying at another number, and that was much better, obviously, and he just decided to go to the Dodgers. It doesn't it just doesn't add up that it was that normal of a negotiation. Then he comes back and is that upset. I mean, obviously some of the Braves told him that, you know, we sent you this offer and he didn't know that because like what you just read, apparently the agent uh, didn't tell him, but you know, you don't know who to believe. It's just the story doesn't really add up when you tie together his emotions and, you know, the contract he signed and everything like that. And remember how this played out. 
Atlanta traded for Matt Olson. Right. Yeah. yeah. Freeman was still on the market when they traded yeah. for Olson, correct? Yeah. So it was it was it was awkward because they're like everybody just assumed that he was going back. And then we Buster only I remember said Matt Olson's being traded today. And then two seconds later, Atlanta the Atlanta Braves are trading for Matt Olson. Yeah. And it was just a massive shock. But the whole the way the whole thing played out, you're right. It doesn't make much sense. And it could have been the agents saying, listen. We have a number. If you can't meet this number, this criteria, you know, we, we aren't even considering you. And maybe Freddie Freeman didn't feel that way. And when he found out the offer over the weekend in Atlanta, he probably said, wow, I'm, I would have, I would have been back. Where do you think it ties together though, where you think the Braves, like they were just having a normal conversation, Freeman and the GM or whoever he was talking to. And that he was like, oh, I can't, I, you know, I was actually surprised that you never, uh, you didn't take our offer of blah, blah, blah years for blah, blah, blah money. And he was like, wait, what? Could have it like, came up like, oh, maybe I really missed this place. And right. they said, well, you had a chance. We made a good faith offer at the end. And he's like, what good faith offer at the exactly. end? I, I, I don't like, know. What the hell are you talking about? that explains why he was so if, upset all weekend. And, and like I said, true, then that's, that's bad. That's really he bad. spent an uncomfortable amount of time, according to some in the Braves clubhouse over the weekend. Like he but is genuinely upset. It's, by it. it's hard. To, it's hard for me to believe, I guess maybe this agent really pissed off the Braves and pissed like he pissed off both sides of the party. Um, because it's very hard for me to believe that the Braves didn't come to Freeman for their last offer. They went through the agent. Like, unless the agent had just pissed them off so much that the Braves, you know, thought that Fre- Freeman was being greedy because of what the agent and how he was handling things. Uh, so they didn't even want to talk to Freddie. They just told the agent, listen, this is our last offer. Maybe that's how it went. But it's hard for me to believe that with all of this and him getting emotional, how long he played with the team, how the negotiations went. I'm sure the Braves wanted to keep him. Obviously, they offered him a couple contracts. It's it's hard for me to believe that they didn't have any contact with him before he signed with the Dodgers in that it's last offer. So interesting. So interesting. We'll see how it plays out. It's, I hope this story continues for a very long time. Like, I hope this drags on as long as possible. Well, because those are your two biggest competition, basically. So, yeah. the Dodgers and the Braves. All, all the controversy in the world. I want Freddie to be so depressed that oh, would he, you stop? That he's a he great guy. Shut up. trade. Yes, great guy. That he requests a trade back. And what? And what do you think is going to happen? They're going to trade Olson to the Dodgers. Actually, that doesn't help me. Yeah, Met, Met Keller is back. Another great yeah. player goes. So I don't know. I want chaos. That's all I want. I want chaos. Okay. And, and speaking of the Dodgers, uh, you know, they, they haven't looked like the Dodgers this season so far. And, and it's crazy to say they have the best record in the National League to date right now. They've, you know, they're scoring runs. Their pitching has dealt with a lot of injuries, but they've been very good. 46 and 28, a run differential of 130. It's weird, though, because if you look at the bottom of that lineup, you've guys got you've got guys like Max Muncy who has just been awful. Justin Turner has not been the same player. Cody Bellinger has been terrible. I mean, they have, they've, they've been banged up. They've had, they have these guys at the bottom of the lineup now, not looking great, you know, with a bottom three like that. Um, 
the Dodgers to me, I think we talked, we, I feel like we talked about them a lot. And I think I've said the same exact thing every time they come up is they're going to be fun. I mean, yes. they're going to be fun. Like they, they, there's just too much talent on the team. So they're obviously going to get to the postseason. And we'll see what happens in the playoffs because the playoffs are, are, are they're not a crapshoot completely, but obviously any, once you're in, any team can win. So I think the only thing they would have to be concerned about is how do we, you know, do we get to the playoffs, which I think is a lock. Uh, the division's not a lock. Uh, I think, you know, I think the Padres can definitely win this division and even the Giants can get hot over a month or two and, and take this division. So I want to get too comfortable in that division if I were them, but um, they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. They're going to win the division. There's a good chance that they could be the one seed. They're definitely going to have one of the first two buys. Tony Gonson's going to like win the Cy Young. Guys, he's like incredible. So great. Tyler Anderson's been very good for them. Um, Kershaw has been good when he's pitched. So they, they hope to get Bueller back. They hope to get guys like Heaney back, but you know how great their farm system is. You know how aggressive their front office is. They're going to make whatever moves are necessary to go and give them the best chance to win a World Series, and we saw it last season. Who the hell is pitching for the Dodgers right now? Who is Mitch White? I'm sure he's pitching well. He's got three innings, five hits, one run. Not terrible. But um, that's the Dodgers. And listen, they're, they're a scary team, especially if you have to um, – face them as my team does but not as scary as i think one team is and not as scary as i would be if my team had to face them and that team is the houston astros there it is was waiting for it all day yeah listen it's not a shot it's not a shot it's they're, they're fantastic they're a very good team when, when the Yankees and the Astros are on the same field, you know, it, it, honestly, without sounding like a condescending, annoying Yankees fan, the Yankees have not made a lot of teams look, like, competitive and, like, they should be on the same field as the Yankees this year. And the yep. Astros are one of those teams that definitely deserves to – I mean, to hang right in there. They're 3-2 and two against us this year. Like, they are a legit team. They're 3-2 and two against the Yankees. They're 4 0 against the Mets. They went 7 and 2 in a stretch of nine straight games versus the Mets and the Yankees. Six of them on the road. Their rotation, 1.52, yielding 28 hits in 59 innings. And their stats against, you know, you want to talk about whatever against the Mets, the stats against the Yankees, they're pitching. That's the most impressive part about this, especially their starting pitching. And they were just – they were incredible, incredible in these last nine games and uh, shut a lot of people up. They lost it's, – it's crazy. They lost Springer and Correa over the past couple of years, and you couldn't even tell. Yeah. What, uh, uh, by the did. way, I think this team is better than last season's team. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's crazy to say. And That team went to the World Series. Right, I think this team is better than last year's team. I didn't even yeah. I didn't even mention Cole either. They lost Cole two years ago. Yep, like they they've lost major pieces over the years, and it doesn't seem to bother them. Valdez is a, is an ace in my opinion. Verlander is pitching like the AL Cy Young Award winner. Uh, Luis Garcia, the Yankees saw him tonight. He was really good tonight. 
Uh, Urquidy is a good, pretty good five starter to have. McCullers isn't even back yet. So not only do they have elite guys at the top of the rotation, they have depth all around them. Yeah, Valdez is having a fantastic year. He's Two, got guts, that kid. Two six five ERA. Yeah, he's he's really. I feel like I'm forgetting somebody too. Am I forgetting? Very ugly man, Ramber Valdez. Yeah, not good looking. Not, not, not the like handsomest me. guy I've ever seen. And not like me or you. Yeah, exactly. Um, Who else am I forgetting in that rotation? That's pitching uh, right now. Who did you – Verlander? I said Arcady, Garcia, Verlander, Valdez. Uh, am I not forgetting anybody? Am I just crazy? Well, that's only four starters, no? I know. I want to know who the fifth is. Valdez, Garcia, Arcady. Javier, Christian Javier. Oh, yeah. Who was great against the Yankees and has been pretty good this season. They got depth. That's what they have. They have depth. I think that, uh, I mean, listen, is the ALCS just bound to be Yankees Astros? I think it is. This is the thing about the American League. The American League, for the most part, I think is, is weaker. It is weaker than the National League. But the two teams at the top are the two best teams in baseball. That's how I look at it. And I don't think there's anything stopping these two teams from getting to the ALCS. Can I ask there's you a no, question? Nothing. Why do you think it is weaker, though? I think I think a couple weeks ago, that point is a little more valid than it is now. I think Would when you, you look go at through it, teams, uh, sure. I think when you look at it right now, you have the Yankees and the Astros that are two extremely strong teams leading their division. at the top, at the top of the list. They're and, one two. Then in the National League, the top two is the Dodgers, and I would say uh, the Mets didn't have the greatest month. They're you know they're waiting for guys to come back. Mets or Padres? Okay, I agreed. So top three teams: you got Mets, Dodgers, Padres, AL. It'd be Yankees, Astros, and then who's that third team? I think that's exactly my point. Boston. Okay, but then Boston. I think when you, when you look at the bottom of it, St. Louis, good team. You know, they, they got the last wild card in there right now. But right now it's either the Rays or the Guardians. Guardians are playing really well lately. We know, you know, the Rays are in a skin right now, but we know about their history. I think it's just – I think it's pretty similar. And I think the Blue Jays are a little better than what their record says. Their pitching has to come around a little bit. But there's a lot of star power those teams and here's the here's the thing about that i think the red sox and the blue jays are on like the same kind of level right now like they're like middle not i shouldn't say middle of the road but they're higher level than a lot of the the other teams in the like i think they're better than any team in the central they're better than everybody in the west besides the the astros and they're obviously better than the rays and the orioles right but then i look at the Mets Braves, they're not better than the Mets or the Braves. I don't think they're better than the Brewers or the Cardinals, and they're not better than the the Dodgers or the Padres. I think they're probably on the level of the Giants. The thing that confuses me about the National League, though, is I think there's a lot more bad teams in the National League than in the American League, yet 
the records in the American League would tell you otherwise because there's a lot of teams with high win totals in the American League. You know what I mean? Like, it's not as much of a balanced win-loss from top to bottom in the American League as it is in the National League. But I think there's more bad teams in the National League. So you there think- are more uh, – yeah, there are more bad teams in the National League, but it's not by much – I don't. I don't think it's by I mean, that much. The white, the White Sox, and the Angels are the third and fourth team out of the wild card, and then in the National League, it's the Marlins and the Diamondbacks. I think those, you know, the the White Sox and the Angels are slightly better teams than those. I think there's a lot of. I mean, the Pirates are terrible. The the Cubs are awful. The Nationals are awful. The Reds are horrible. Like a lot of. Whatever. We could debate all day about whose poop smells worse. I guess I'll use that word to make right, it there friendly. Are f- but there are four terrible teams in the National League. Like god awful teams. If they lost 100 games, nobody would be surprised, right? And how many teams are there in the American League? There's three. There's three right now. So you're right. You're right in that sense. I guess you are it's right close. in that it's sense. Too close. I, don't know. I, I think there's just great teams, good teams. Average teams and bad teams in every division. And every I'll say this. Actually, I don't know if I could say this. I was going to say, where would I rather my team be in? And I guess the having the Mets in the National League, there are a lot of good teams, but there's not one team that is, oh, my God, so above everybody else. Right. You know, like the Mets haven't – they didn't, you know, have this – huge lead over everybody else in the national league same thing with the dodgers padres so i don't know where i'd rather my team i guess i'd rather my team in the national league but there are better better teams in the national league okay i think we should move on i think we're we're talking in circles now let's talk about a couple teams in the national league how about the mets and the braves this race is interesting well, the Braves the just got their ass kicked by the Phillies, luckily for you. Yeah, it's about time the Phillies did something productive. That team is such a freaking joke, man. They are a bunch of – they have a bunch of losers on that team. That's what they have, a bunch of losers. And, by the way, the clock's about to hit. In, in 45 minutes, uh, Kyle Schwarber is no longer God, Philadelphia, okay? So he can't hit – 60 home runs in the month of June. Let's see what he could do outside of June, please. Right. Holy crap, man. Oh, Nick Castellanos went deep today. What what happened? What tragedy? I don't know. know. By the way, go look at that guy's numbers. That guy's a bust and a half. He's been terrible. Terrible for that team. Yes, they they their offseason was risky when it happened and I mean, you had to see it coming, the way the team is shaping up. Terrible. But, by the way, they have – I think they're like $10 million off the Yankees' payroll. Could you imagine that? Like, their payroll is that high. Yeah. It's like $230, $40 million. Oh, my God, yeah. Nick Castellanos batting two forty eight with a six eighty nine OPS. Awful. And not to mention Harper's going to be out for two months. So – that's a gigantic ball, obviously. This is Nick Cassiano's age 30 season, too. It's supposed to be, like, the best year of his career right now. Not good. Not good for the Philadelphia Phillies. But let's not talk about the Phillies, because even though they're seven and a half games out and they did do the Mets a favor tonight, I don't think they're a major player in this division. 
this this race is going to be, I think, the best. Mm, see, I can't even say that because the NL Central is going to be crazy and the NL West is going to be crazy. So I can't even say that. But I think the two teams that are closest is the Mets and the Braves. And I'll tell you right now, the Braves scare the hell out of me. Every time I watch this team, whether you got Olsen, whether you got, you know, Acuna, uh, Albies is hurt. He's not even having that great of a year. But Albies Dan is still B. dangerous. Dan Dansby's right. been unbelievable. Dan he's a free agent this year, right? Yeah, he's he's making himself a ton of money. It's good timing. Austin Riley, Jorge Soler, uh, Jorge Soler's gone. Eddie Rosario. How about this kid, Michael Harris? They brought up. He's batting over three hundred, and yeah. he's he's unbelievable in center you, field. Yeah, Darno and uh, did you mention Contreras? No, unbelievable. Contreras has been great. Darno's been great. And then you go to their pitching. Spencer Stritter, this kid they called up. Unbelievable. Freed's pitching like a Cy Young. Yep. Hot. Morton's been, Morton's been bad. Charlie Morton's yeah. not been good this yeah. season. The, the one thing they will have to add most likely is starting pitching starting and maybe pitch. a little bit of bullpen help. But Isn't that the same thing we said yeah. about them last year? Maybe not the starting pitching part, but definitely bullpen help. Yeah, and they did that, and and look what happened. Mm-hmm. They they scare me, man. And the Mets. Yeah, I think this division is going to come down to the end. I think most likely them. I think things will flip pretty soon, where the Mets are going to be. You know, this thing's going to this thing's going to flip flop. You know, I think multiple times yeah. throughout the summer, yeah. and Met fans are not ready for that. I'm not ready for that, but we got to get ready for that. Can't wait for the um, radio when that happens. Uh, the uh, listen, the Mets have finally hit their worst their worst stretch of the year, right? Yeah. The first time they've lost three straight games, um, they've lost five of seven. And listen, teams rarely, you know, do not ha- go through stretches where they don't have that, you know, a game a season of 162 games. So it was going to happen eventually. It happened, and it's just it, it's happened at the worst time. And, and one last thing before we wrap this up. The Mets had a very tough month of June, and we know June historically for the Mets. They they fall out of it in June. June's the kryptonite for the Mets. And they went 13 and 12 in a very difficult month. I would have signed up for that. By the way, without DeGrom, without Scherzer, without McGill for a lot of it. So, yeah, so let, probably. Is DeGrom coming back, though? Like, we keep saying without him, but is the guy going to finally come back pretty soon? I've been very pessimistic about this, and apparently there's a chance he makes a rehab a start Sunday night in Port St. Lucie. Um, but either way, he's getting close to that. I'm thinking well, you, after the All-Star break. You told me. What did you tell me? You said Jacob DeGrom pitched his last pitch in a Mets uniform the day he got hurt. Yeah. You said that's the last time he threw in a Mets uniform. I am very confident in saying this. I think he's, I think he's gone. I think this is his last season as a Met. And I, I'm very confident in that. Is he going to be a free agent because they didn't sign him an extension, or is he going to be a trade candidate? No, he's opting out. He's he doesn't opt out. Uh, the last thing about the Mets, Scherzer is ready to return. He's, I think he's going to um, start next week. Nothing's official yet, but he made his last rehab a start. Um, looked good, felt good. He went on the aisle in May. They went 22-14 and 14 without him. That's the second-best record of the National League throughout that span. You know why Mets fans are panicking? The team that's first that went 26 and 11 of the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. 
So when you really put things into perspective and you're not freaking out, I think things are just gonna just gonna be fine. Right. But people are freaking. But out. I think they they have a you know Mets fans that have trust issues and have oh, yeah. a, a reason to uh, to panic. We'll see what happens. I, th- I think their owner and their front office is going to be very aggressive. And I think we're going to see a couple of big time names from the farm system come up soon. Alvarez oh, has been killing it. Vientos has been killing it. It's position player time in the Cubs Reds game right now. Oh, uh, maybe Patrick Wisdom can go deep again for yeah, us. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Very quickly before we end, last thing Soto and the Nationals, possibly. They're talking about Don't a 13 do year, $25 million extension. Don't do it. Don't, Don't get into the money now. Why? I th- I disagree. You, the Nationals, listen, they had a nice little stretch. They obviously won the World Series a couple years ago. If I'm on Soto and I look at the situation Mike Trout is in right now, I do not sign this contract. Wait till you can hit the open market. You will get an insane amount of money. You're not going to lose any money, and you're going to have your choice at a lot of teams. I don't know about that. How many teams can actually say I'm going to commit half a billion dollars? Not many, but there will be a few. I don't think. Who? There's a chance uh, the Yankees I mean, are out of that. One of the teams that yeah, would be. Who knows? There's a chance the Yankees now, are out years, of that. Years, who are the teams that can afford that? The Yankees, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Mets. Yeah, there's not. There's not the a Giants. Ton of, a ton of choices, but there's teams. I don't know if they can. The Angels, the Angels would, are just, you know, I'm sure they'll somehow find room to throw $500 million down the drain. It's really funny that we're coming down to this number again. Right now, you could sign 13 years, $450 million, or the possibility of getting $500 million in two years. I'm doing this now. Screw it. I know that's not the number they're talking about. I'm sure Boris will be able to get that out $25 million more. He's but already gotten up also, $75 million more. Even if you do use lose a little bit of money, I know, you know, you want to make the most money you can. You give it to, you know, your your kids, kids, kids will be, re- you know, set for life. But don't you also want to win? Like maybe you'll lose a couple $50 million, but you'll end up a Dodger or somewhere else. Now, now, now we can lose the money. I don't know. I think I, I don't know what's going to happen. Ownership change with the Nats, though. That that is coming. That is that's going to be uh, very soon. So we'll see what happens, and we're going to see what happens with Judge. We can say this for another time. I think Judge is going to get more money than we even think. Okay. I, I think I I the, the numbers that I've been thinking, I think I'm wrong. I think he's, he's in a little slump right now, but he'll be all right. He's he's uh, still hitting yeah. home runs, but his little slump, his, a little slump. His OPS just dipped under a thousand. So, oh God, sound the alarms. The season's yeah. over. MVP <laughs> off. All right, that's going to do it for episode 68. We'll talk to you guys next week.